I'm Debbie Georges. Welcome to my show, America Can We Talk? Today, we're going to talk about Venezuela, now a member of the United Nations Human Rights Council, the impeachment tornado ongoing, transgender cheerleader mom wins, and the cowardice epidemic, Romney and more. And I'll tell you why these stories matter to you. Stay tuned. Debbie Georgiatis, host of America Can We Talk, is an author, attorney, and political analyst whose mission is to inspire the American political conversation about preserving liberty in the best country on earth. Hi there. Welcome again to America Can We Talk. I'm Debbie Georgiatis. For today's First Five, I want to hit on the story involving the United Nations. You likely recall that America withdrew our membership from the Human Rights Council of the United Nations, I think it was like in June of last year, June of 2018, partly because the idea of human rights that the council is supposed to be looking at and addressing is so contorted, absurd, bizarre, and just false. And America wasn't gonna play that game anymore. Well, I wanna just tell you that the country of Venezuela, recently they had an election at the United Nations where they put new members onto the Human Rights Council. That council has 47 members, and every year they elect 13 new ones. So countries roll off, new countries roll on. So 13 members were added to the United Nations Human Rights Council. One of those nations is Venezuela. For a quick primer, if you've forgotten about Venezuela, leaving aside the socialism that is starving the people to death, starving people to death, the troops, the, the troops controlled by Venezuela's government, by Maduro, who uh, is still acting like he's in charge, even though uh, the replacement that the world is trying to back uh, says he's in charge, Maduro's still in charge. In the country of Venezuela, just since the year 2016, there have been 16, no, 18,000, 18,000 people murderously killed by the government. People charged with protests, you know, demanding, for example, we'd like food in the stores, why is there nothing to eat? The Maduro government in Venezuela, just since 2016, responsible for the uh, murders, flat out shooting murders of 18,000 people, Others, thousands and thousands of others, put in prison, tortured, uh, sexual assault on people as a form of torture. Um, and this country has had now at least four million people escape Venezuela, flee to escape because they are see they are fleeing from starvation and the violence. And yet, of the countries in South America, now the way the Human Rights Council works, they try to have proportional representation representation for various parts of the world. So Venezuela was in line, I guess, to become part of the Human Rights Council um, from South America. I want to make the point that people thought that President Trump was kind of hot-headed or in some other way, you know, just, just a little bit too um, quick to criticize or shouldn't have withdrawn or should have done something else um, instead of the um, just uh, withdrawing from the United Nations Human Rights Council. But... I will tell you, this is a great example of the kind of leadership 
Americans have wanted to see in a president for decades. What we need more than anything else in Washington is a return to the assertion of America as a country rooted in our strength. We are, we are going to stand up for what is right. We're going to say what is wrong. We're going to be okay denouncing even the United Nations Human Rights Council as though that is some precious organization which never can be criticized. If they're doing things like putting Venezuela onto that council, what they're telling you is that Human Rights Council has nothing to do with human rights. It is a fallacy, it's a farce, it's a lie. So for America to, to play along and pretend, oh, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, let's add, you know, why don't we just add Venezuela? They're great, they've been shooting their people in the streets, but after all, you know, it's their turn. This is a great example of the kind of thing Trump has done, President Trump has done to say, we're gonna return to sanity and law and order and truth. It is time for more truth telling in this country, more speaking out. The show today is filled with what I wanna to talk to you about in terms of the need in this country for not just the president, but our leaders, our people, people all over this country to stand up for what is true, to stand strongly, to be bold, to take public positions, stand up for this precious country. One more point on the Human Rights Council. Um, not only does it include the gem of Venezuela, previously in the past, it has included China. In fact, I think China is still on. China, the country where millions of Muslims are interned in Gulag Archipelago type concentration camps. China, that is regularly, again today, arresting pastors, arresting people for attending Christian churches, knocking down churches, torturing people for being part of the Christian movement. China, Cuba, which locks up people, they are famous for their repression of any political opposition. Cuba was on the Human Rights Council. Russia, and the final gem I'll mention is Saudi Arabia. Saudi Arabia, where they still impose Sharia as their law of the land, meaning they still engage in amputations, amputations of feet, of hands of people convicted of various crimes because that is what the dark and evil Sharia, the law of Islam, prescribes as appropriate punishments. So, Trump withdrew America from the United Nations Human Rights Council is a standing up for truth. If that litany and others of countries that repress their people are qualified to serve on the Human Rights Council, America has no business being there. And that, my friends, is today's first five. The next story I want to turn to today, um, I wish I had three hours, actually. I would like three hours today, but I really only have a little less than one hour, so I have to talk fast. It's a bummer. I want to talk about the impeachment tornado in Washington. And I, I'm trying to, I have tornado on the mind, because I'll remind you, we had a tornado that hit Dallas, where I live, right here in Dallas, this past Sunday night, literally hit my neighborhood. We were, were you know, ground zero for a tornado hitting the ground. So we are living in a bit of a mess where we live right now. So I've got tornadoes on the mind. But what's happening in Washington, this astonishing determination of the American left to simply remove President Trump, not because of anything he ever said or ever did, but because they are outraged that he actually won the election, that the American people had the audacity to choose President Trump over Hillary Clinton. This is the single reason the Democrats are trying to remove President Trump through the impeachment process. I wanna just fill you in a couple of little details of things ongoing today, but in the larger picture, I wanna say in this impeachment, saga unfolding in Washington. President Trump made reference to the impeachment as a lynching. 
Immediately, the politically correct police were on their toes, outraged, on the airwaves, tweeting out and writing articles. This is so offensive. This is so outrageous. He used a terrible word that conjures up images of terrible things that happened in the South. Yes, lynchings of black Americans was a horrible, horrible thing in America. In the South, in the era of the Democrat controlled Jim Crow laws, the Democrat controlled KKK, the Democrat created and controlled entities that were horrible, are horrible, run by, created by, fulfilled by the Democrat party. Having said that, lynchings are horrible. It doesn't mean you're not allowed to use that word. And when you're President Trump and you are being attacked every day for everything you do by everyone on the American left, frankly, the media going along with them, and on top of that, many Republicans sitting on their hands, whistling in the wind, ignoring it, or even behind the scenes, as we'll get to Mitt Romney later in the show, helping the lynching occur. There's nothing wrong with using that word. And the political, the politically correct American left trying to say he's not allowed to say that. Yes, he is, actually. What is happening to him is outrageous. But quick things that happen in Washington just to keep you posted. So we have the Democrats taking on this impeachment inquiry. It's not an impeachment. It's not a real impeachment process. It is the Democrats avoiding the floor vote in the House, going for their impeachment inquiry. And the idea of it is they want to push the whole thing forward in secrecy in secret hearings, secret depositions, secret testimonies, not just secret from you, the American people, which would be bad enough. The idea that they want to remove the president you chose in accordance with a proceeding where you can't even see what they're learning. You can't even find out what they're, what questions they're asking. Who are they asking? What are the person saying? What, so the only thing the Democrats are willing to have you do is understand the leaks, the information they put out, chosen little, uh, cherry-picked segments of testimony, and that's supposed to be good enough for you. Bad enough they're doing that to the American people. They are doing it to elected Republicans. The Democrats in Washington are saying elected Republicans, your members in the U.S. House of Representatives, cannot be privy to what the Democrats are doing trying to take down your president. So today, we actually had a bit of a... Uh, you know, kerfuffle or a bit of an um, uh, incident in Washington, which was a good thing, but Republicans attempted, Republican members of the House Armed Services Committee, the House Armed Services Committee, attempted to attend a hearing put on, a secret private hearing um, put on by the House Intelligence Committee, that being chaired by the Adam Schiff guy we talked about so much, you know, the guy with the crazy eyes, Adam Schiff, the one who made up the content of a phone call between President Trump and Ukrainian President Zelensky, like just made up stuff. And when the real transcript was released, sounding nothing like what Schiff read to the American people and probably fooled American people with, no apology, no, yeah, that was a little tacky, none of that. But Adam Schiff, House Intelligence Committee Chair, trying to hold a hearing. His witness, uh, the reason that these people um, actually came into the hearing room was that the House Armed Services Committee people said, hey, this hearing is within our jurisdiction. The witness was the Deputy Assistant Secretary of Defense, Deputy Assistant Secretary of Defense, Laura Cooper, who they say, hey, she's kind of under the Armed Services Committee jurisdiction. To be clear, these Republicans didn't come in and disrupt. They didn't come in and demand that the hearing end. They didn't come in and say, we demand. They 
just wanted to enter the room where this impeachment proceeding is going on with a witness who falls under their jurisdiction, the House, Adam Schiff and his House Intelligence Committee people won't even let these other committee members in. So when this, these members, these Republican members of the House Armed Services Committee came in, Adam Schiff stands up, grabs the witness, Deputy Assistant Secretary of Defense Laura Cooper, and leaves the room saying basically, you can't be here. You can't even hear this testimony. I'm gonna tell you why Adam Schiff is very, very nervous having people hearing the way he was conducting that deposition. It has a lot to do with the way he conducted his, his inquisition against Kurt Volker, which I'll get to in a moment. Other thing I'll quickly tell you happened in Washington today. The House Republicans, a group of them, actually called a press conference to call again, call attention to the American people, to the press, saying this is outrageous. This is an impeachment hearing trying to take out the sitting president. Republicans are not even allowed in the hearing room. They're not even allowed to read the deposition testimony. I mean, you know, they, depositions, they transcribe. You sit there, go back and forth, someone's transcribing. There, there's a, a transcript. You could, should be able to read it. House Republicans not allowed to do it. You can't see it. Sorry, I can't see it. This is so anti-American. This is so, this is a, Trump is right to call it a lynching. He's right to call it. Witch hunt isn't even strong enough. These people are holding their star chamber secret meetings, digging up anything they can do to possibly make Trump look bad, give them some grounds for this impeachment, which has nothing to do with anything Trump has ever said or done, has everything to do with them simply wanting to remove him before he dares to win the presidential election again in 2020. One last thing, two last things on this story. I, I cannot just, I have to get out with you. One is the story came out and this is so exactly what you would think would happen. Adam Schiff, House Intelligence Committee chair, was reported to have pressured a witness pressure this witness we've been talking about, the special, the U.S. special representative to the Ukraine named Kurt Volker. He was one of the ace in the hole the Democrats thought they had. They thought Kurt Volker was going to come in and back them up, saying essentially that Trump had done something really, really bad in the Ukraine or with Ukrainians or in conversation with Ukrainians, somehow threatened to hold back aid or we won't give you aid unless you do this, unless you investigate Burisma again or investigate Biden again but they thought they had Kurt Volker to do that. Volker showed up in this Star Chamber secret testimony thing that the Democrats are doing, and his, the problem that Adam Schiff had was Volker won't give him what he wants. Volker does not agree with this fabrication the Democrats have concocted to use as a reason to take Trump out. So Volker, at one point, is trying to answer the questions. He's being asked questions by Schiff, Volker, the U.S. representative in Ukraine, special representative, is trying to answer, and Schiff is getting more and more and more angry, basically because he cannot believe he can't force Volker to say something he doesn't want to say. That's why Schiff was getting mad. At one point, Schiff burst out with, Ambassador, you're making this much more complicated than it has to be. He's arguing with him, don't give me these stupid factual answers, say what I want you to say. So the central allegation Democrats have against Trump, they're claiming he's guilty of engaging in a quid pro quo with a Ukraine, is essentially saying, instructing them to investigate Biden or we withhold aid in exchange for, or in exchange for U.S. military support. 
There was a lengthy exchange of Schiff said, Volcker said, Schiff said, Volcker said in one article in Daily Wire. It's up on our website, americacanwetalk.org. If you go to the website, go to the homepage under shows, scroll down, list of links, you'll find this article. It is entitled Schiff Pressured Witness to Say Trump Pressured Ukraine to Investigate Biden, Report Says. So bottom line is Schiff is getting angry, frustrated, outraged because he can't make witnesses say stuff he wants them to say. And the Republicans who are allowed by dictator Schiff to attend these hearings are saying afterwards, and they keep saying it and saying it, nothing anybody has said in all these secret hearings and secret depositions is in any way, is in any way proof of or even allegation of the idea that there was a quid pro quo, that Trump's saying to them, you know, investigate Burisma and Biden or else something that will we'll withhold money, will withhold military aid. The point of this is to get at is you have to understand the window this is giving America on the radical determination of the left in this country to take out Trump. And I want to say something else about who and what Trump is. On this program, I talk every week, every day I talk about, four days a week, every day I talk about the idea. My show is dedicated to preserving America, the most extraordinary experiment in human liberty ever to bless this earth, ever. And President Trump, the reason, I mean, people on the left don't like his hairstyle, they don't like his brash manner, they don't like his boldness, they disagree with his policies, whatever. What Trump is bringing out in America, the spirit of love this country, respect the greatness, the unique greatness of America, recognize America's greatness. This is why people show up at the Trump rallies exuberantly happy. They can't wait to get there, wave their flag, loving on their country. This is contrary to the left-wing mission in this, in this political cycle, in the 2020 election cycle, and frankly, for decades leading up to now. The American left runs every single time on the national stage. They're members of Congress, members of the Senate, even for president. They run on the platform in one way or another of America is a really bad place. America shouldn't be doing mean things like getting out of the UN Human Rights Council. America shouldn't be strong. America, we ought to be willing to, to you know, sign on to treaties with the UN that give away all our money that are part of the, you know, the alleged climate change uh, disaster, which is not proven true. The facts don't back it up. But hey, the left tries very hard to tear down America, to tear down the people in our country, our faith in, our love in this country. The American left, even what you're seeing them demonstrate now in the in Washington D.C. in dealing with the um, and dealing with President Trump and the in impeachment inquiry, they are not trying to figure out whether Trump committed a crime that rises to the level of justifying impeachment. It is in the same way in the Mueller investigation was not trying to get at the truth of whether or not Trump Russia collusion occurred. The Mueller team was about finding a way to vilify President Trump to find some hook, some alleged proof that Trump and the Russians colluded and then to use that to delegitimize the president. And the same thing is happening in this impeachment inquiry. The left is looking for anything to take this president down. 
his strength he brought to the White House, the strength he brought to America, when he's actually willing to say, we're going to drain the swamp, we're going to reduce the power of the federal government, we're going to get people out of Washington who have made their livelihoods for decades up here, taking control of this country, growing the power and scope and size of the federal government, diminishing America's freedom, benefiting privately, uh, personally, from America's foreign policy, we're, and we're going to get rid of the people are trying to say the American economy can never come back, jobs in America can't come back, everyone's got to be happy with welfare, everyone's got to be happy but shipping off all of our manufacturing overseas. All of this love of America Trump brought to the fore in his election in 2016, every bit of it makes the left crazy. They do not want you to love America. They want you to see America as a deeply flawed place, which only can be corrected by giving the left more and more and more power to control speech, to control religion, to control freedom, to control the education, to abandon our borders. I mean, you have to see this 2020 election, people. It is so monumental for the future of America. You have one side, Donald Trump, sadly, off, often standing alone or with a, sm a small cadre of supporters and the leftists and their media allies working very hard to in some way diminish him. That's what's really happening in this impeachment inquiry. These people are driven out of their minds by the idea that Trump has made it popular again to be patriotic, to love America, to love freedom, to hate socialism, to want strong borders, to want to have a border policy and an immigration policy that actually benefits the economy and the welfare of the American people. These are these are ideas that make the left out of their mind. This is why you're seeing this fervor in this impeachment inquiry. And you see people on the left just determined to impeach him. And when you press why, 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 they don't even know. They just have been driven into a frenzy by the leftists in this country trying to paint Trump into some bad guy that he is not. But I'm telling you folks, even bigger picture about what, um, what Trump brought back to the fore in America, you know, and I, I want to say this other thing before I turn to my next story, this other point about this whole story about impeachment. We are truly on a dangerous course in this time when we have the American left going after the President of the United States and a purely because we hate him political mission to take him out. This was one of the many things the founders tried to protect America against. They tried to protect America from a small, just cadre, a small cabal of power-seeking people. In this era, it is the Democrat Party, the cabal that runs that party, the cabal that pushes socialism. The founders were trying to protect America from having that kind of powerful takeover. What you're hap watching in Washington, this impeachment inquiry is the left saying, we don't care about the Constitution. We won't follow the Constitution. We don't care whether there's any basis at all to investigate this president. We don't care that the Mueller investigation after millions of dollars and hundreds of subpoenas and you know thousands of hours of depositions prove there's absolutely no proof at all of this Trump-Russia collusion hoax, they don't care that that is true. This is a left-wing America out of their minds that they're actually on the pathway to losing power. 
that the American people have regained the spirit of love of America, love of freedom, passion for freedom, passion for standing up. And the left sees this as Trump having instilled, President Trump having instilled so much of this in the American people, this rising up of patriotism, they've come to positions where they can't stand the idea the left cannot stand the idea of hearing Americans loving freedom, wanting and loving America and loving freedom and free markets. They can't believe that their, le their effort to push America further and further and further to the left has gotten us to a place where the Democrats thought they had America almost over the cliff to socialism after Obama. They almost had us there, and President Trump is pulling the country. And not just President Trump, let me be clear about this, because sometimes, obviously, America will go on after President Trump is done his second term. America will go on, there will still be America. The question is, are there enough patriots in this country who recognize the importance, the, the value of what President Trump brought to the fore, exposed to the American people in the 2016 election cycle? Will there be enough freedom fighters left? Will there be enough freedom fighters in this country who are going to say, even after Trump is done, I stand for the principles that upon which America was founded. I stand for human liberty. I stand for freedom of religion. I stand for freedom of speech. I stand for secure borders and sovereignty in America. I stand for prosperity and free markets and not socialism. I stand for limited government and getting the federal government out of a stranglehold control it has over American, the American economy and American businesses. Trump has really emboldened and just invigorated the American population's, renewed the American population's love of freedom. And if you're a big Trump supporter, which I obviously am, it is not enough just to support President Trump. We have to be sure we get the ideas he's standing up for, and we recognize those ideas are what's really under assault from the American left. They do not like freedom. They do not like freedom of religion. They do not like free markets. The left has gone in this country, and I don't just mean Bernie and Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. I mean the cabal that runs the Democrat Party. I mean the leftist institutions in this country that have just steamrolled over the idea that America is a country rooted in freedom, that America has a place in this world to be the one to stand up for freedom, to stand up for the idea that people everywhere have the right to live in freedom. This is a, it's a monumental election in 2020, and the Democrats see that. So back to and wrapping up my little impeachment story here today. The battle over impeachment is not really what precisely exactly President Trump said or conveyed to the Ukraine, President Zelensky, is not just whether somebody connected with the American government will say something bad about the way President Trump interacted with the Ukraine. This is just the pretext, this is just the excuse to get rid of him. What the left is trying to do in taking President Trump out of office, and that's what they are, they are bound and determined to do that. What they're trying to do is squelch this revolution, this renewal of the love of liberty in America. They liked when President Obama's policies essentially destroyed and attacked free markets, that we had a growing powerful federal government through the EPA and the Department of Labor and other federal entities clamp down on, on industries of all kinds, strangle the idea that you have the right to live in liberty, that you should have 
private enterprise bursting and creating jobs and creating self-reliant Americans. Dependency on the government through programs like food stamps and many other programs increased under President Obama because this is the mission of the American left, to weaken the American spirit, to weaken the spirit of liberty, to weaken the idea that each of us have a God-given right to live in freedom, that we're capable of self-reliance. The left hates those ideas. President Trump has reinvigorated these ideas. The impeachment is about not just removing President Trump. It is squashing the love of America that he has regenerated, he has rejuvenated, he has re-energized in the American population. Standing up for President Trump is wonderful and important and good. I do it every day. But understand, even when he's long gone, the ideas that he has reinvigorated America to think about are ideas each of us have to realize they are the reason is America is America. They are the reason America is America. You can have the same blob of dirt on the planet Earth called United States, but if we abandon the ideas we're founded on, it's really not America anymore. The, where the left would take us is a not America place, and we don't want to go there. Okay, I want to uh, hit another story that kind of relates to changing America and uh, very much changing America. It's a little bit of an update. So I told you in Dallas, in this, uh, we're in, where I am in Dallas, there was a trial this week, um, not a criminal trial, civil trial. It was a battle between parents, these two parents, mom and dad, parents of twin boys, and the boys, um, you know, they had, the parents had shared custody. In fact, they had a... Um, they had a, uh, what's it called, a assault, they have um, a kind of joint control, joint conservatorship, I think it's called, deciding the care for their sons. Well, the mother, a pediatrician, has decided that one of the twins, two, they have twin boys, one of the twins is really a girl. She is pushing the social transitioning of one of her twin boys to becoming a girl. The kid is seven years old. We talked about it on the other day. We, the other day we talked about this on our show. Talked about how the mother saying, "I'm not doing puberty blockers, which are horrific drugs, horrific things." She said, "I'm not pushing puberty blockers for now. I just want support from my ex-husband for my efforts to socially transition James into Luna." She's given this boy the girl's name of Luna, dressing him as a girl going to school. The class has had a little sit down. Hey, everybody, remember how, you know, little James here was a boy, now he's a girl. And they have allowed this little boy dressed as a girl going to school who tells his dad when he's with his dad, I'm a guy, I don't wanna be a girl. I like being a guy, I act like a boy. I do boy things, I play boy games. But the trial ended this week. We talked about it one day. The trial ended, I think actually the same day we talked about it. So let you know the jury right here in the gray state of Texas, fairly conservative, you would think, the jury essentially found for the mother. They rejected the arguments of the dad, basically. And I'll tell you what the, the jury ruled. I have a new friend in Dallas who's a lawyer who's kind of keeping me up to speed on this. To be precise, the jury was asked two questions. The first one was, should the joint managing conservatorship agreement so it's between the two parents. The joint managing conservatorship agreement be replaced with a sole managing conservator. Sole managing conservator. So she, the question, first jury question was, should it go from the two parents to having just one parent? To that question, the jury answered yes. The second question was, should the dad, 
be the sole managing conservator? And the answer was no. So the jury never got asked the question, should the mom be the sole managing conservator? So technically, the judge doesn't really have the right to designate the mom as a sole managing conservator based on what the jury found. Because the jury just said, again, the first question the jury said, should the joint managing conservatorship agreement be replaced with a sole managing conservator? And they said, yes, there should be one. But then the second question was, you know, the dad, basically his question was, you know, should he, the dad, be the sole managing conservator? And they said, no. Well, the obvious thing is, well, if they, don't want the joint, they want one, the dad said no to the dad, then it has to go to the mom. So, so either way, it's a very bad outcome for the dad. Very bad outcome. And so I don't know, I'm gonna keep you apprised of how this goes forward, it's unclear what the judge will do. But I wanna to turn to another topic about, you know, I'm on this mode today, it's probably hard to tell. I'm in a mode of wanting to encourage you to be activists, to speak up for truth, to recognize strength is needed in this time in America. Strength is needed, clarity about the existence of truth, exposing what is wrong, speaking up for the ideas that created America, recognizing them, speaking up for them. This is vitally needed in America today and in many, many, many realms of American culture, society, politics, and law. In this particular instance, this idea of this one child who's now apparently going to be continuing on social transitioning, the mom's eventually gonna move toward puberty blockers, which I will just tell you, as I mentioned on the show the other day, to understand what these do, this kid, probably around the age of 11 or 11 and a half, the experts say that's the right age, they begin giving this kid puberty blockers so that his normal little boy body and body parts cannot develop into a normal adult male. I want you to ponder that. He's gonna be an adult at some point. Maybe he's gonna say, you know, I don't know how he got started in this crazy thing, but I'm a guy. He's going to have as an adult, the body parts of an 11 year old boy. He's not going to be healthy. He's not gonna be normal. He's not, I mean, Many other attributes and problems flow from these puberty blockers, but just that one alone. Think about putting yourself in that mother's shoes. She's deciding to literally destroy her son's potential to have a normal life as a male, and he's seven. And others who have examined his case have said he doesn't even meet the criteria for genuine gender dysphoria, you know, confusion, and even if he did, which he doesn't, between 80 and 90% of young children, like this little boy, who have some issues related to gender dysphoria, between 80 and 90%, by the time they finish going through puberty, those, that dysphoria, that confusion drops away, and they are the gender they bodily are. This mother is so determined, and I'm telling you folks, I wanna say, I, I think I sounded pretty harsh about her the other day, and I do feel very critical of her, but I will say, it's, it's in the realm of possible that she actually thinks what she's doing is the right thing. I mean, I was so dismissive of her, just saying, you know, she just shouldn't even, she shouldn't have any custody of her kids. She's gonna do this to her son, they just take the kid away from her. But you know, she actually thinks she's doing the right thing. 
which gets us around to this, again, this theme of the day that we need to be really clear in our country and strong and strident and outspoken about the existence of truth, about the idea that there are two genders. Just in this topic, we talk about many other topics, but there are two genders. If you are, there are two sexes, there, is, there are males and females. If you are an adult and you wish to change genders, change sexes, no one in America is going to stop you. In fact, the left will fund you, they will celebrate you, they'll give you a coming out party. If you want to change your sex when you're an adult, that is a whole different question. And it is within the realm of the idea that we respect the right of people to live in freedom. If you're an adult, if you're seven years old, you don't know jack about anything. You don't know anything. You may know because your mother is hassling you all day about telling you you're a girl and dressing you like a girl. And you know, at the time and the age when parents should be forming their children's values, their perception about themselves, their perception about life, what it means to be a boy, what it means to be a girl, how to live life, all the things parents try to pass along to their children. She's spending her time trying to convince her little boy he's a girl. But the reason I say she may be in some senses innocent is because this whole conversation about the LGBTQ rights, and they are very, very demanding, very um, monolithic. They bond. LGBTQers say, you know, what, whatever we stand for is the only thing that's right. Everybody else must surrender to us, must salute to our agenda. So you have a mother who's heard this in society. She doesn't hear much pushback from the conservative side, or she may not choose to read it, I'm getting at she might think that she's doing the right thing, but even if she does think that, even if she does, there's a jury, there was a jury of 12 people. There's a judge overseeing this trial who is seemed to be very friendly to the mother's side of the case. These are jurors who could have come back just to said, you know what, yeah, you got to keep this joint thing in place. Uh, you know, they, they could have come back and said that, but they didn't. And so they've, this a jury at least partly swayed by all this testimony about this little boy's mental state, his status of his dysphoria, the allegation he's got dysphoria, he really is a girl. I mean, it, it's a pathetic state of affairs. And I'm really sorry for this boy and his family because I, I don't know how he'll ever get his life back. But I want to go forward and talk about this a little bit more too, about in this era of the need to stand up and fight and speak up. There is a school in Illinois, the state of Illinois, they have begun something It's actually become statewide uh, starting next July, a statewide agenda in which young children, preschoolers are now being given LGBT indoctrination little children. Part of the curricula in Illinois is being started in this one particular school district. Next year it's going to be in all the school districts. And this is a curricula which essentially is teaching young children as young as preschool the idea that number one teaching they, this school district says and I want to run through some of the things that happens to parents when parents speak up to the school district and say, hey, this doesn't really seem age appropriate, and my kid's four and he's coming home talking about sex. I mean, really, he's four. So there's begun to be some pushback against this transgender LGBT agenda 
putting it, going to the public schools in Illinois, and some of the parents are starting to say, wait a minute, this doesn't seem quite right. So here are some of the answers the parents are getting from the school district as their young children come home talking about what they learned about in sex in school today. Okay, so to start with, the school district claims that teaching transgenderism to preschoolers is age appropriate. So you're going to start telling young kids who are impressionable, they're young, they're babies, they're, they're in preschool, and they're, they're, you know, they're young minds that need to be formed and shaped and taught and influenced and, and you know, cared for by people who have their head on straight. Instead, these kids are going to go to these schools and learn transgenderism. And they're saying this is a, they describe, the school district describes this as a robust, thoughtful, and age-appropriate curriculum for use in schools. And they go on to say, preschoolers were told things like this transgender teen book called, involves a person named Jazz. You may have seen the book, uh, I'm, I'm Jazz or Call Me Jazz or something. It's a book of a teenage, about a teenager claiming to be transgender. Preschoolers are told they can be just like this transgender teen celebrity named Jazz Jennings. And that transgender just means you have one sex's body, but a different sex's brain. No science behind that, to be clear. No science backs that up. This is just advocacy from the left becoming the curricula in public schools. So these kids are taught things like, yes, and you, you know, the Heather has two mommies, not very trendy, popular, uh, taught this idea um, that if you have two mommies, they're just called lesbians. And that just means that two women who love each other. Well, obviously not. Obviously not. Lesbianism is not about two friends who love each other. They're about women involved in personal human intimacy with each other instead of with men. They are just avoiding or trying to blur the idea of sex and love. They also, the school district is so determined to push the LGBT agenda into the hearts and minds of preschoolers that they define the curriculum in a way that does, that bars parents from being able to opt out of this education. So in sex education in Illinois, parents can say, we're going to opt out our kid from the way you're teaching sex education because we don't like us. They want to opt out. That was the school district went out of their way to write the curriculum in a way that carved that possibility away, deprived parents of the ability to take their kids out of the transgender indoctrination camps in which they are in which they are functioning they also try to keep the parents in the dark about when the classes will happen so you don't know what day when your kids goes to school other things you know all this this transparency thing apparently has nothing to do with when they're teaching kids this stuff in the public schools the public schools are deliberately not letting the parents know um, they now have people in the community who help form this curricula for these babies uh, declaring at public hearings they feel unsafe that they are just so surprised that people are upset about their transgender agenda for preschoolers and these people are now using the left-wing words we feel unsafe in our own communities is terrible people are actually daring to criticize what we're saying so then the parents went back to school and said can you please make this at least so we can opt out if we don't want our kids learning this in the public schools to which the Illinois public school said no and so my point to you, my very fine friends, my listeners, is there is no place in this country 
for squeamishness, silence, surrender, letting the left win, because everything they do is destructive to America. The leftist agenda in this country, everything they do is destructive. Everything is designed to carve out parents' right to train their children, to carve out parents' right to explain what they see as marriage based on their, their religious faith, based on what the Bible teaches them. The agenda of the left just infesting the public schools is designed to carve parents there's their role in shaping their children's views out of the picture and to indoctrinate kids as young as preschool with the idea that you might be transgender. Lots of people are, you know, you look like a boy, you are, you are a boy, but you're really a girl, so you can just change, here we'll help you. You need every single person in this country who gets it, who understands the issue, to be outspoken to go to your local school board, to understand what your school district is doing, to run for school board yourself, to be outspoken, to comment on social media, write columns, put things up on Facebook, on Twitter, wherever it is you're active. There is a sense, back to this mother and, and many others, where you wonder, do they just not even know there's an other side to this? Do they not even recognize that millions of Americans are not on board for this agenda? We, they don't believe it is true. They don't believe it's good for children. They don't believe it's healthy. But you have to be willing to speak up because at least in Illinois, in this case, some parents are speaking up. And speaking of, and I'll, I'm gonna close out with our last little segment today about cowardice and you know the word cowardice coming from cowardly, the cowardice epidemic. I wanna just tell you, Three quick things about cowardliness right in front of us in America. And also about tying into the left-wing agenda in this country that has so permeated the public schools that it is easier for administrators, teachers, everyone to just surrender to the left instead of actually thinking for themselves. I'm gonna tell you a quickest story of it right around in our area. So we live in Dallas, Texas. There's a school district very nearby, Garland. The Garland High School had a young, a bunch of students, young students who wanted to form their branch on campus at the Garland High School of the Young America's Foundation. If you don't know about Young America's Foundation, I used to talk about them a lot. They're a great organization. Here's what they stand for. Young America's Foundation is committed to ensuring that increasing numbers of young Americans understand and are inspired by the ideas of individual freedom, a strong national defense, free enterprise, and traditional values. So here we have Garland High School. Kids want to form a Young America's Foundation. They invited Alan West to be their first speaker. He actually lives in Garland. Wanted to invite Alan West to be their first speaker and the principal of the high school sent a letter to the parents saying, or to the students, we're not going to let this group form because they're not neutral. Neutral. So your Young America's Foundation should be salt of the earth, should be everyone in America on board, standing up for individual freedom. This high school principal. It was easier for him to characterize a group standing up for individual freedom as not neutral. He's basically saying he doesn't want to deal with the leftists in this country who are going to overrun him and his school if he dares to honor the idea of individual freedom. So his first answer was no. Fortunately, Alan West and uh, others 
you know, made more of a public issue out of it and the school has surrendered. But I'm getting at the idea of speaking up. You've got to speak up in, in context of all kinds. Do not let this steamroller of the American left destroy everything good about America. But my real stories I wanted to hit about cowardice. One quick story is that Mitt Romney, you likely saw Mitt Romney, the um, you former presidential candidate, now senator from Utah, has admitted that he had a secret Twitter handle. He's tweeting under the name Pierre Delecto. Pierre Delecto. And so he was finally, someone figured it out, and they contacted him and said, hey, you know, we're gonna run with this story. Are you really Pierre Delecto? To which Mitt Romney said, in French, c'est moi, which means, yeah, that's me. Yeah, I, you know, that's what that means. That, that is, well, it should be that is I, but that's me. That's what c'est moi means. So he acknowledged it because he got caught, but he's been on this Pierre Delecto Twitter handle tweeting out attacks on Trump, attacks on Gingrich, attacks on conservatives, and surprisingly, praises of himself. Folks, this is so cowardly, so arrogant, so unwilling to stand up for what you believe, and he only confessed to it because he got caught. In a similar vein, I'll tell you, if you might remember back, I think it was like June of 2018 or something, uh, there was a big piece in the Washington Post. Somebody wrote a big attack, you know, I'm, a, I'm an insider of the Trump White House, I know what's going on, I'm a big guy there. And it was from Anonymous, it was a big attack on the Trump White House by the coward calling himself or herself anonymous. And so there are people saying, see, see, look, now we have it from inside the White House. You don't know who wrote that. You have no idea who wrote it. Could be Jonah Goldberg or somebody who hates Trump. Could be anybody. I don't mean I think it's Jonah Goldberg. I'm just saying, could be anyone who hates Trump posing at, although New York Times claims they know who it really is. Well, now Anonymous has a book coming out. Anonymous, still too cowardly to say who he or she is, has a book coming out and it is gonna be called something about, I don't even know what it's called. I am, um, okay, the, the column is called, I'm part of the resistance inside the Trump administration and the new book is going to be called A Warning. Let me warn him, nobody buy that book and we'll be better off, we'll be much better off. I'm gonna close out this segment by saying this. We have too many Americans who don't know what they don't know. Too many Americans get swept up, for example, in the LGBT steamroller that says everything the LGBT cures want, what they believe in, what they argue, must be surrendered to, must be saluted to. Yes, they're, they're, they're right about everything. Nobody fight. Everyone attack the Constitution. The American left is eviscerating the Constitution. We have too many Americans who don't realize how important it is, who don't realize how the Constitution keeps us safe from tyranny. Too many Americans who are duped into thinking if we just would abandon the southern border and let everyone come in and let them all come here and feed them and house them and clothe them and educate them, surely that, that we can do that. They have no clue what they're talking about. We have too many Americans who finish a public education school in this country without a clue of the unique, extraordinary greatness of America, which is the job of this show and every listener who's on board for the agenda to speak up for this country, to explain the many ways in which the goodness and the greatness of America is profoundly under attack by the American left. And the only people, the only soldiers, the only people standing at the border saying, no, you're not taking over our country, those people are you, you the listener, the advocate, 
the spokesperson, the people who will just stand up in your corner of the world, you know, your corner, uh, you know, laboring in your corner of the vineyard, standing up for the ideas of America, not letting leftism destroy this country. And now, my friends, at the end of the show, as I do every day, I want to talk to you just a tiny little bit about why the stories we talked about today matter to you. So we started the show with Venezuela on the United Nations Human Rights Council. Across America and the world, it's urgent that adults stand up and speak truth. This is Venezuela today. Over 18,000 deaths from political purges since 2016 starving people, fraudulent elections, mass exodus of refugees, over four million, and the UN puts them on the Human Rights Council. It's beyond parody. It's profoundly disgraceful. The US should stop all funding of the UN. I actually do think that, but I didn't get that far today. On the impeachment tornado, we have Democrats are making a mockery of everything American, due process, fairness, transparency, secret proceedings, no Republicans allowed, no viewing of transcripts, orchestrated leaking to the media, and not one Democrat anywhere is speaking out against this impeachment inquiry, is, is speaking out. This impeachment inquiry is an absolute perversion of justice. Americans must turn out massively in 2020 to rebuke this insane anti-American behavior on this transgender insanity. Jury says the mother has the right to force her seven-year-old boy to transition into being a girl. Parents complaining about the militant LGBT agenda in Illinois, being forced on school children, get patted on the head, told to sit down, or worse, meaning they just ignore them and keep on teaching this indoctrination. Surrendering to this nonsense is not inevitable. It's not an option. American adults must stand up. Protecting children requires rejecting the destructive LGBTQ indoctrination in our schools and backing legislation that protects children from transitioning treatments that will forever change them, blocking those treatments for children. If it's adults, a whole other world. And the cowardice epidemic among the elite, Mitt Romney as Pierre Delecto, criticizing Trump and praising himself. This is a man who thought he should be president. This is what passes for a leader in America. This is a picture of cowardice and arrogance. Financial acumen, which he apparently has, is not proof of character. Romney has become a small, small man. Anonymous, now writing a book, more cowardice from leftists. America needs adult leaders brave enough to publicly stand by what they think. And you want to know what else, folks? For all the people who criticize President Trump all the time, he has the courage. The, he is not the coward that the left is and Romney is. He has the courage to say what he thinks, to speak up. He may not do it in the most statesmanlike, eloquent, erudite manner, but he speaks truth about the goodness of America, far braver than the insidious cowardly attacks on President Trump by Mitt Romney, by Anonymous, and by other people on the left who don't really want to talk about the policies he's putting forward. Instead, they want to falsely accuse him of things that have actually no tethering to reality. That's what the impeachment is. It's our job to stand up for him and his embrace, his love of, his, his encouragement of the American people's love of this precious country. I'm Debbie Georgiatis. This is America Can We Talk. Tune in every day, Monday through Thursday, 3 p.m. Central Time, where I always talk truth about America because America matters. Talk to you next time.
talk truth about America. Can you